Our scripture text this morning comes to us from Acts chapter 9, beginning at verse 1. Meanwhile, Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues at Damascus, so that if he found any who belonged to the way, men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Now as he was going along and approaching Damascus, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? He asked, who are you, Lord? The reply came, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But get up and enter the city, and you will be told what to do. The men who were traveling with him stood speechless, because they heard the voice but saw no one. Saul got up from the ground, and though his eyes were opened, he could not see anything. So they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. For three days he was without sight, and neither ate nor drank. The word of the Lord. Holy God, as once again we place our lives in front of your open word, we ask that your Holy Spirit would bring us into it, all the way onto this road to Damascus, that we too might encounter more of your light than we know. This we ask in the name of Jesus Christ, the way. Amen. Is there anything in your life that you would like to change? Do I need to pause a long time here? I Probably not. Or more to the point in the context of worship, is there anything in your life that you believe God would like to change? The changes that we come up with our own usually involve things like moves to new places, new degree programs, new jobs, new exercise or diet programs. And these can all be quite helpful along the way, but often they boil down to little more than rearranging the furniture in our lives. As the Apostle Paul's testimony reveals, real change, substantive, life-transforming, converting change comes not from our self-improvement programs, but from the God who interrupts us along the way in trying to fulfill those programs. 
Saul of Tarsus, as he was known in his earlier days, grew up in the Roman province of Asia Minor, surrounded by Gentiles, which had to be challenging. But he coped with these challenges by devoting himself to his faith. Eventually, he made it to Jerusalem, where he studied the Torah under the eminent scholar Gamaliel. He became a Pharisee. He got a job with the religious establishment. His job was to make sure nothing changed. Why do so many people want that job? At the time, the greatest threat to the Orthodox faith was a new Jewish sect called the Way. The founder of this sect was a Galilean rabbi named Jesus, who had been crucified by the authorities, who thought with that death they had put an end to the threat. But the followers of this Jesus were claiming that he had risen from the dead and that he was the way. The way to God, the way back to who we were created to be, the way ahead to justice and peace. After Pentecost, thousands of people became followers of this Jesus in the way. And this new movement threatened everything that Saul held dear, everything that he had worked hard to learn and to protect and to cherish. And so he was determined to put a stop to it. In the previous chapter, in Acts 8, chapter 3, we are told that Saul was ravaging the church by entering house after house dragging off both men and women and committing them to prison. And now word was that this new heretical movement had broken out in Damascus. And Saul got the authority he needed to go to Damascus and hunt down the new believers there as well. Well, you know what happens next. On the road to Damascus, en route to helping out God, along the way in his mission to do what he was sure was right, Saul was blinded by light. And as he fell to the ground, he heard a voice from the heavens saying, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And overwhelmed, Saul said, who, who are you, Lord? I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. So there was more to Jesus than Saul knew. Jesus was alive which meant that there was more to God than Saul knew. 
Notice that this is not the conversion of a penitent sinner. Saul is not coming to Jesus to ask forgiveness for his sins. That comes later. This conversion isn't even Saul's idea. That's probably the most important thing to remember about real authentic change or conversion. It comes as God's idea. It would be too terrifying <clears throat> to originate with us. And there's nobody that God likes to convert more than religious people. Those who like to hang around houses of worship, who have studied theology, those who are good people, hardworking, committed, zealous, missional, and wrong. Let us remember that Saul knew the scriptures better than most of us before he was converted. The majority of us can muster up enough humility to admit we are not always right. But the hardest place to confess that we are wrong is when it comes to our vision of God. I think that's because we are made in the image of God and we know it. And when we discover that we have a false image of God, well, that's when we discover we've had a false image of ourselves. Because we're always made in the image of God and even a false image of God only leads to a false image of self. Angry people always believe that God is really torqued off too. Those who have trouble with trust issues have grave doubts about the faithfulness of God. Those who have little concern about people who are a different color than they are or of a different religion or creed or from a different socioeconomic class, all seem to believe that God looks just like they do. But to discover a new vision of God in whose image we are made means that we then have to discover a new vision of ourselves. Or to put it differently, if you want to make changes to yourself, you're not going to be able to do that until your vision of God changes first. The gospel's depiction of Jesus is so consistent in portraying him as one who is bringing a revolutionary, life-transforming vision of God with us. And as Saul of Tarsus discovered, encountering this vision, it's this, the newness of it is so, it's blinding. It's, it's so overwhelming, you, you might as well change your name. 
And so Saul, the persecutor of the church, becomes Paul, the apostle of Jesus Christ. That's conversion. If along the way, in your journey here through theological studies, or if in your service to the church, you have not been blinded by the discovery that there's more to God than you knew, and thus more to yourself and the world around you than you knew. then either the seminary and the church have failed you or you have engaged in your studies and in your service with your eyes and your heart closed. And whenever we reassure ourselves that we have already been through that experience, And now we understand God and ourselves and the world around us. That is always an unintended prayer to ask God to bring you back to the Damascus Road where there is still more conversion waiting to unfold for you. Because there's always more to God then you know. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.